Listener's discretion is advised. Warning. This episode, Road to 270 Electoral Votes, will have stuff from Saturday Night Live on YouTube channel. So, NBC, please don't sue me. Well, um, uh, hello to all the parties who are listening here. Never thought I would do this. Uh, just days before uh, the finale week of our random stuff for, for season one. But there's chaos in Washington, D.C. Mostly in the Capitol building because January 6th, um, they're about to make it official that Joe Biden will be elected as the President of the United States on January 20th. That's one week from today. One week from today. And here is the live breaking news that happened all around the uh, news outlet, including NBC News, where I will just put it because, you know, that's probably the choice I like to make. But what the hell? It's a disaster. And here's the some of the clips from the live breaking news. Here that happened in Washington, D.C., only on NBC News. Uh, and of course, a, uh, a 6 p.m. curfew is is now looming as we watch uh, more security descend uh, on the Capitol, uh, preparing for whatever may come. And we should also note, before I hand it back over to uh, Savannah, those pictures we've been seeing of people occupying offices and parts of the Capitol, those pictures are shocking, but it should also be noted they are potential evidence as well. Savannah? No question about that uh, for a later time, but right now we're still in the middle of it. This capital not under uh, control, but in fact overrun by uh, a group, a mob of people. Um, let me get to Pete Williams. I think he's got some reporting on the law enforcement efforts here. Pete, what, what is the, uh, the plan here or what, it, what is beginning to be a plan? Well, uh, we know now that the FBI has been deployed uh, at the request of Capitol Police to help. We know that Homeland Security is sending people, uh, Homeland Security investigations, presumably. Uh, obviously, you've got Metro uh, Police from the D.C., um, uh, the police department here, the local police department, in addition to the Capitol Police. We know that they've assisted, asked for assistance from the National Guard. So they won't lack for, they won't <laughs> at some point later lack for manpower to empty out the Capitol. And that's obviously the immediate chore here is to get the Capitol emptied out, secured. Uh, they've got to go through all these spaces and, and make sure that they're swept and secure and that nobody else is hiding out in, inside the building. Uh, you're looking at the at now at the house side of the of the Capitol uh, complex. That's Independence Avenue, where uh, traffic is being restricted. Police are using that as a sort of a staging area. Uh, and then you see the Capitol come into the view. That's the House chamber on your left, uh, then the, the center, the rotunda, and that little sort of square section between the House and the rotunda. Uh, inside there is st Statuary Hall under that curved uh, dome with the little cupola on top. Under that is Statuary Hall. That's the old House chamber. And that's where you saw those dramatic pictures today of people streaming from the rotunda toward the House chamber, which is the, the, what now is just disappearing on the left side of the screen, and then the center part of the Capitol, and then on the right would be the, the Senate chamber. Obviously, uh, that is the concern now to get things squared away so that the counting can resume. You were talking about this earlier, uh, Savannah. Un by law, by the Electoral Counting Act, it has to start today. 
but there's no limit in how long it takes. They'll, they'll keep going until they're done. Uh, and if they're not done by Inauguration Day, and I have no reason to think that they won't be, but if they're not, then there's procedures to have, uh, you know, there's, there's the Succession Act. The Speaker would become president temporarily until they can figure out who the president is, but which obviously will be, will be Joe Biden. Now, on the law enforcement side, we've noted that one person was shot inside the U.S. Capitol by someone from law enforcement, not sure which agency that was. We've been told by law enforcement authorities that at least one improvised explosive device was found on the Capitol grounds, not inside a building, but on the Capitol grounds, and possibly a second item. We know that law enforcement people are looking at that earlier this afternoon. Before we saw people storming the Capitol, the big concern was evacuation of the Library of Congress, which is yeah. directly across the street from the Capitol, and uh, a portion of a House office building. And Pete, um, in case we have not caught up on this note, Kaylee McEnany, the press secretary for the White House, said that the National Guard is on the way along with other federal protective services. And she says, we reiterate President Trump's call against violence and to remain peaceful. But we have not heard from the president, not recently, not uh, not within the last few moments, asking uh, folks who are gathered there at the, at the Capitol to call it off and to stop. Let me go to Casey Hunt. Casey, um, obviously, first question is always what it what it's what's happening there behind you, but also I know we've heard from the Democratic leaders of the House and Senate now. We have, Savannah, and they are calling uh, for the president to do just what you said he has not yet done, which is uh, to leave demand that all protesters leave the U.S. Capitol and Capitol grounds immediately. That is a joint statement from the House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and the minority leader in the Senate, uh, Chuck Schumer. Now, I can also tell you, Savannah, that what has started today as fear, chaos, uncertainty about what was going on is hardening into resolve and determination to get the government back on track. So one member who is at the secure location where they've taken members of the House tells me that one Democrat and one Republican, uh, Hakeem Jeffries, the Democrat, Liz Cheney, the Republican, informed those members on lockdown that the National Guard is on the way. There was applause in the room, and this member uh, said to me that we will return to the floor and do our jobs, uh, was the quote. I also heard from a member of the Senate who was also taken to the Senate side secure location. Uh, this member is safe. Uh, this member also told me uh, that these thugs uh, will not uh, win the day, essentially, that they are prepared uh, to go back onto the Senate floor. Uh, Senator Joe Manchin telling me we're all okay and ready to get back to our chamber and finish our work. These thugs cannot and will not run us off. We will continue to Casey. govern. And I, yes, Savannah. Oh, I just wanted, I wanted to try to understand because, you know, we just talked to Senator Duckworth. It sounded like she was in her office. You know, everybody wasn't, all 535 members of Congress weren't all there at the same time. But are there various locations where there are groups of senators or groups of congressmen sheltering together? Did I catch that? Yes. Yes, that's right. So it's it's a little bit complicated and it depends on where you were when this started to unfold. So we saw the joint session begin this process, then the House and the Senate separated to their respective chambers and they started debating this question. And it was during that point that protesters breached the Capitol and they eventually, of course, breached the floor of the House and the floor of the Senate. So because of coronavirus, not everyone is allowed in the chambers at the same time. Normally, of course, there are 435 members of the House, 100 members of the Senate. All of them have a chair or a desk. 
But with social distancing, you can't do that. So that means that groups of members were scattered in different places when this all unfolded. Many of the senators had just processed back across the Capitol. They had started their debate in the Senate chamber. So there was a, I would say, a, a higher proportion of the chamber was present over on the Senate side. And then you also had a bunch of, of House members still on the floor of the House. And as it unfolded, and we had um, the video, in fact, that you're watching right now is from Haley Talbot, who's our producer, who was inside the chamber uh, as this was unfolding. She was with some members who were up there in the gallery. That's the level that's above the House floor as this was all, as they were all being evacuated. So many of those members were taken together in a group to a different location in the Capitol complex. Um, we happen to know where this one is, but we're not reporting it because obviously there are many security concerns about that. And while that's happening outside and inside the Capitol building in Washington, D.C., the president-elect Joe Biden has addressed that situation and called on President Donald Trump to get these protesters turn rioters to go home and stay home and stop all the chaos that is happening. Here is some of the clips uh, from President-elect Biden as reported on NBC News. I call on this mob to pull back and allow the work of democracy to go forward. You've heard me say before in different contexts, the words of a president matter, no matter how good or bad that president is. At their best, the words of a president can inspire. At their worst, they can incite. And therefore, I call on President Trump to go on national television now to fulfill his oath and defend the Constitution and demand an end to this siege, to storm the Capitol, to smash windows, to occupy offices, the floor of the United States Senate rummaging through desks, on the Capitol, on the House of Representatives, threatening the safety of duly elected officials. It's not protest, it's insurrection. The world's watching. Like so many other Americans, I am genuinely shocked and saddened that our nation, so long the beacon of light and hope for democracy, has come to such a dark moment. Through war and strife, America's endured much. And we will endure here and we will prevail again and will prevail now. The work of the moment and the work of the next four years must be the restoration of democracy, of decency, honor, respect, the rule of law. Just plain, simple decency. The renewal of the politics. It's about solving problems, looking out for one another, not stoking the flames of hate and chaos. As I said, America is about honor, decency, respect, tolerance. That's who we are. That's who we've always been. The certification of the Electoral College vote is supposed to be a sacred ritual, which we affirm purpose is to affirm the majesty 
of American democracy. But today's reminder, a painful one, that democracy is fragile, and to preserve it requires people of goodwill, leaders of the courage to stand up, who are devoted not to the pursuit of power, but the, or the personal interest pursuits of their own selfish interest at any cost, but of the common good. Think what our children watching television is thinking. Think what the rest of the world is looking at. For nearly two and a half centuries, we the people, in search of a more perfect union, have kept our eyes on that common good. America is so much better than what we've seen today. Watching the scenes from the Capitol, I was reminded as I prepared other speeches in the past, I was reminded of the words of Abraham Lincoln in his annual message to Congress, whose work has today been interrupted by chaos. Here's what Lincoln said. He said, we shall nobly save or merely lose the last best hope on earth. Went on to say, the way is plain, peaceful, generous, just. A way which if followed, the world will forever applaud and God must forever bless. The way is plain here too. That's who we are. It's the way of democracy, of respect, of decency, of honor, and commitment as patriots to this nation. Notwithstanding what I saw today and we're seeing today, I remain optimistic about the incredible opportunities. There has never been anything we can't do when we do it together. And this God-awful display today is bringing home to every Republican and Democrat and Independent in the nation that we must step up. And after Joe Biden uh, made his address, uh, there's some update from NBC News from Katie Jackson, who is an MSNBC employee that Trump has already made his remarks on his Twitter account, and it will be uploaded shortly. Here's a listen in. As it begins to get dark here, Lester, I can tell you that it appears we are going to be hearing from President Trump at some point in the coming hours. I'm told uh, just moments ago by a senior administration official that the president will have a taped message coming shortly, Uh, presumably, of course, one would imagine, to address the chaotic, difficult, mob-like scene that we have seen at the Capitol outside and inside as we're playing now some of that video from earlier of the protesters storming the steps. We still do not know. I have no clarity on remarks, for example, the content of those, what specifically the president might say. But you have to remember, he has had people close to him, people uh, who are his Republican allies publicly now call on him to do something, not just Joe Biden, right? Not just what we heard from the president-elect, who is ending his remarks and very clearly saying, time to step up. 
President Trump. Uh, it appears we will hear something from the president. Of course, Lester, this could go in various directions, right? Presumably, you have to think that the president will, in fact, call on these now rioters to stop, to, to abandon this this so-called mission to turn around and to leave, particularly now as we are coming within just, what, an hour and 45 minutes of this curfew happening. Uh, so, so that's one piece of it. But Lester, this is also a president who, over the last two weeks, it can be said fairly and objectively, has worked to spread misinformation repeatedly about the election's results, repeatedly calling on his own vice president to try to in my words here, mess with the results of this electoral college vote count. The vice president does not have the authority to do that. The president has repeatedly insisted he has won states, specifically, for example, Georgia, that he did not win in this election. The president has repeatedly insisted that he is, in fact, the person who should legitimately uh, be inaugurated, take office, continue to keep office after January 20th. That is not accurate. That's not true. That's not correct. That's not what's happening. The president may have a platform here uh, with the world watching him to continue to make those false uh, and misleading and inaccurate and troubling claims. We talk about the world watching, Lester. Uh, I have to tell you, Boris Johnson, that the prime minister of the U.K., is reacting to this as well, calling what you're seeing on the screen now disgraceful scenes in the United States. He's continuing that the U.S. stands for democracy around the world. It is now vital that there should be a peaceful and orderly transfer of power. You now have international allies of the president calling on uh, calling on the president to give up the fight, basically, to give up the game, to say that it is over. And, Lester, I think that is perhaps the only thing that is going to get these people out of the Capitol. And I have to tell you, I'm not even sure that that is 100 percent going to do it here. Time is of the essence. Uh, and so we will, of course, be watching to see when that message, again, as I'm being told by, by a source familiar with that message, will be taped and will be coming out soon, Lester. And with that news, here is the uploaded post from Donald Trump's Twitter account. Now, I didn't put the whole thing in because I was late. So here's some of it and then to the end of Trump's message to his supporters about this situation. But he never, never acknowledged that problem. So, but he did tell him to stay home. Listen into this one. To have law and order, we have to respect our great people in law and order. We don't want anybody hurt. It's a very tough period of time. There's never been a time like this where such a thing happened, where they could take it away from all of us, from me, from you, from our country. This was a fraudulent election, but we can't play into the hands of these people. We have to have peace. So go home. We love you. You're very special. You've seen what happens. You see the way others are treated that are so bad and so evil. I know how you feel. But go home and go home in peace. And that, my friends, is one of the most bizarre things that he has ever said. Because, one, he's telling them to go home, and yet he still believes in fraudulent uh, claims. Yes. Fraudulent claims. Now, with that being said, after that message, there's still outside and inside uh, going on. And the FBI is already there. The, um, they're about to send the National Guard soon. Hopefully right now because, well, 
Wait. Right now. They should not be right now. It should have been there right... Way before now. Way before now. But um, there's more to that during that live stream. Uh, this live uh, uh, coverage from NBC News. And here's uh, some more. Look, I, I, there, there's no question about that, Savannah. You know, we have very deep and, and clear political differences in this country, but we don't resolve those differences by mob violence. And it doesn't matter what side of those issues you stand on. Um, the president of the United States statement now, uh, in my view, was completely inadequate. What he has done and what he has caused here um, is something that we've never seen before in our history. Um, you know, it's been 245 years. Um, and no president has ever failed to concede uh, or agree to leave office after the Electoral College has voted. And I think what we are seeing today is a result of that, a result of convincing people that somehow uh, Congress was going to overturn the results of this election, uh, a result of, of suggesting that he wouldn't leave office. Uh, those are very, very dangerous things. And uh, he, he, you know, will be uh, remembered. This will be part of his legacy, and it is a dangerous moment for the country. Uh, Congresswoman Liz Cheney of Wyoming, stay safe, keep us posted, uh, and thank you for your time. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Stan. I appreciate it. 4.30 uh, on the East Coast here as we watch what's unfolding at the Capitol. Lester, I'll send it to you. Yeah, Savannah, I want to bring in Andrea Mitchell right now. Andrea, your thoughts on what we heard in that video tweet from the president. As is often the case with him, he doesn't, uh, he doesn't retreat. Did he pour water or gasoline on this fire? I think he poured gasoline on this fire, a fire that he himself set. His former communications director hours ago, Alyssa Farr, uh, tweeted, you need to condemn this. That was hardly a condemnation. He said, I love you. He again said that the election was stolen, that it was fraudulent. He repeated all of these lies. And then he says, I love you and go home peacefully. Um, that's hardly going to get these people <laughs> That's not a condemnation. It's not going to get them out of a building that they barge into. They are an unruly mob. Weapons have been found. Uh, at least one or two shots were fired. People have been injured. They've stopped the democratic process. Um, you know, Lester, I worked up there for years. I know those corridors in that building and love that institution, the House and the Senate, as flawed as it is, as gridlocked as it has been, as much as we criticize it. But for the process of democracy, of counting the electoral votes to be stopped in, in its tracks and for people to be hiding under their desks and grabbing their gas masks uh, on the floor of the House and in the Senate, and for the people, for the vice president and the, the people in succession for continuity of government to be taken by Secret Service and Capitol Police out and put in secure locations for their safety is simply shocking. I am as shocked as any other citizen who loves our country and loves democracy, and especially someone who knows the people up there and has worked with them and our own colleagues up there. I just want to say the irony, the irony. Um, here's a statement from the Speaker of the Grand National Assembly of Turkey, a government that is, you know, a, just run by a dictator where people are jailed, journalists and, and, and people who are democratic protesters. We follow the events in the USA with concern and invite the parties to calmness, the speaker writes on Twitter. We believe that problems will always be solved within law and democracy. As Turkey, we have always been in favor of the law and democracy, and we recommend it to everyone. Uh, this is just a continuation 
of a government run by this president, his secretary of state, who have embraced dictators, ignored human rights, ignored the jailings of protesters, women and others who've been tortured in jail in Saudi Arabia. And now we see mob rule in the capital of the United States. It is beyond shocking. Uh, Andrea Mitchell. Andrea, thanks very much. Uh, we are about 90 minutes uh, from the uh, curfew that will go into effect at 6 p.m. Eastern time in Washington, D.C. The light already beginning to fade there as uh, there seems to be no break in the in where we are in terms of what we've been seeing on the, uh, the front sides of the, of the, the Capitol. Uh, no movement to for people to leave or to remove them. Um, and at the same time, there is still business for this Congress to do uh, to exercise and fulfill its duty to uh, count the electoral vote and, um, and essentially confirm this election. I am going to uh, begin preparing for NBC Nightly News. will be going on the air in a few hours. I'll leave it the capable hands of Savannah Guthrie. But our NBC News coverage will continue. Savannah, we'll send it to you and we'll see you in a bit later. All right. We'll see you on Nightly, Lester. Um, a couple of developments. The FBI SWAT team has now entered the Capitol complex, and our reporter on the Hill, Leanne Caldwell, has tweeted some video of that. So there seems to be some movement on the part of law enforcement to start to get this thing under control. Lester mentioned the 6 o'clock curfew. Uh, so while we're talking about law enforcement, let me get to Pete Williams. Pete, bring us up to date, because the governor of Virginia said that a request had come in for the National Guard of Virginia to come in and help. We know the FBI is on the scene. What do you know about what law enforcement is there, what's being brought to bear, and, and what the, the plan is here? Because it does seem like we've been in this state of suspended animation uh, where you know, members of the House and Senate are in lockdown, but yet this situation is definitely not under control. Right. So the, the Senate and House members are safe and secure. We're understanding is the vice president, the president of the Senate, is still actually in the Capitol complex because it wasn't considered safe to get him out of there yet. So uh, they're all hunkered down in, in secure locations. Uh, as more law enforcement agencies start to come in now, obviously job one will be to get the place emptied out, get everybody out of there. And then job two will be to start looking through the, the, the building, making sure that everyone's gone, that all places are safe. Uh, uh, you know, they'll have, to, they'll have to sweep the rooms and make sure that there's uh, nothing left behind. Two improvised explosive devices were found not in the Capitol, but on the Capitol grounds, like pipe bomb-looking devices. They're being disrupted. We don't know whether they're actually working or hoax devices, but they're simply destroying them. Uh, so for those reasons, it's going to take a while. And I just talked to a member of the Senate leadership to say, what are you going to do? Are you going to wait until it's safe to go back into the House chamber? Well, that could be 24 hours. And the answer was, and this is being discussed right now on the leadership of both sides, my understanding is, the, the sentiment up there right now is we're not leaving. We're going to stay here and do our jobs, even if it means doing it from the two secure locations. We know what they are, but we're not reporting them for obvious reasons where the House members and Senate senators are. Uh, so there's at least right now. The feeling up there is, let's keep going. Uh, now, the Constitution. Well, that's interesting. Say, Wait, Pete. So you're saying I, I just want to make sure I'm catching that because that's. I yep. mean, some of these senators are together, presumably a, enough for a quorum, since these were the senators who were on the floor. You're saying 
they might want to just keep it going before this is even under control. They're just going to keep going. Yes, or, wow. or at least some point, some point soon. In other words, in, in other words, not wait until the Capitol Police get the whole place cleared out, the whole Capitol swept, and declare it safe for the two chambers to come, you know, to be in operation again. Because that could take, as I say, 24 to 48 hours, I suppose 24 hours, uh, to get that, you know, get the House and Senate floor ready for people to come back. Uh, but the senators right now, they're because what I, what I asked this member of the leadership is, what are you going to do? You're going to go home and come back tomorrow? And the feeling was, no, we're going to keep, we're going to stay right here and, and resume our work. Now, I started to say, there's no requirement in the Constitution for where they do this. It just says uh, that they shall, it, it shall be in the presence of the Senate and the House, so the county. So it could be anywhere. Now, there is a federal law, the Electoral Count Act, that says that it has to be in the House chamber, but they're, you know, exploring ways around that, that, that statutory requirement. It's not in the Constitution. So all I can tell you is that right now there's a, a feeling of let's not leave. I, it's, I would describe it as sort of defiance, that yeah. we will not be cowed by this outrageous intrusion into the Capitol. They're, they're determined to keep going. And uh, the person I was talking to said when this was suggested in this group of senators that are in the secure location, there was applause. Wow. Well, that's a fascinating reporting from inside. It just don't, wouldn't you like to be a fly on the wall to see what's happening? Because in that area, in that secure location, our senators who, of course, are on both sides of this this issue of whether the electoral college vote should have been objected to at all and here they are all together because of this mob that descended on the capitol so uh and we've heard that sentiment from some of the members that we've talked to on the phone p saying you know if i have to be here all night we we want to get yes. this done this is our constitutional duty we heard tammy duckworth a decorated u.s veteran who lost her legs in combat saying nothing will stop me from performing my constitutional duties but your reporting is pretty extraordinary pete that they are even considering doing it right where they sit, uh, not right. waiting to, for the Capitol to be clear that uh, that they seem quite determined to do so. Stand by there, Pete. Right. Keep us posted. Casey, over to you on the Hill. I know you're plugged in. You're our Capitol Hill correspondent. What are you hearing uh, in terms of the security, but also in terms of what the plan is now for uh, the business of the Congress? Well, Savannah, I'm hearing a sentiment similar to what Pete was just reporting out here, that what had started off today as chaos, some fear, uncertainty, is moving into resolve, uh, an insistence. Uh, Joe Manchin told me to not let these thugs uh, take over, that they are going to return uh, to their work. And there are some logistical questions about that, but remember, there are contingency plans for things like this. I mean, we've never necessarily imagined this exact scenario, but in the wake of September 11th, they had to, of course, evacuate okay. members of Congress. And okay. there are a couple of locations in this we'll complex from, like, uh, where okay. potentially, uh, where potentially, um, and Savannah, I, I'm not sure I, I can hear you in my ER viewers. Oh, being, sorry, that was me. As well. <laughs> Casey, I'm sorry, that was our, me talking to the producer. Uh, sorry, yeah, carry no, on. I'm, I apologize. No, no, of course. Um, so there is an auditorium in a, in a newly built area of the Capitol complex that is large enough uh, to hold uh, people. And again, I want to be careful how I describe things because we are, of course, worried about the, the security situation. But there are contingencies uh, for the House and the Senate to operate in rooms that are different from uh, the, what we traditionally think of as the Senate and the House chambers. So, well, yes, obviously the building itself is a 
of, of incredible uh, symbolic importance. I think that this feeling that they need to do the work no matter where they are uh, or, or what the circumstances are uh, is very important So uh, to them, and, and they are starting to express that now. So uh, we're also starting to hear more questions about, you know, are the Republicans who uh, helped kick this off by saying they would object to this count still planning on doing that? And it's a little bit hard to get answers because everyone is separated uh, from their bosses. There is so much uh, confusion. Uh, but again, it does seem like this the plan here is to try uh, to go forward. I know there was a brief discussion about trying to evacuate senators from the location where they are using buses. Uh, that plan seems to be on hold uh, for the moment. Uh, one of our producers saw microphones going into the secure location where the senators are as though they may be uh, setting up for something where they would be able to talk to reporters that uh, would involve. Uh, because again, remember, this debate is supposed to be public uh, as well, and that is uh, an incredibly important feature of the way our government works. And and I think that there is also a desire on the part of members of Congress to be seen carrying out their jobs, to, to demonstrate to the American people uh, that, that this is what they need to do. And uh, the other thing, Savannah, that I would just add, we're asking for reaction to the president's video. Um, the problem with the president's video, uh, based on some of the people that I have spoken with, is that uh, he doesn't repudiate the basic reality uh, that that Joe Biden won the election. Instead, he gives additional credence to what these uh, protesters are here saying uh, has happened. And while he did say that they should leave the building, he did not in any way uh, condemn the the message of disin the, the disingenuous uh, false message that has prompted them to show up here in the first place. So I think there's some concern uh, among members of Congress that what he did uh, doesn't help the situation as many of them has been, have been calling for, but instead will potentially make it worse. Savannah. That exactly, and that was the reaction—the fast reaction of Congresswoman Liz Cheney—that it, did, you know, it doesn't go far enough if you, on the one hand, say go home, but at the same time you're you're pouring fuel on the flames by saying that you were robbed, it was stolen, uh, the the election was stolen, and that it was fraudulent. That is not what rep many Republicans have asked the president to do at this moment of crisis in our country. They've asked him to be clear and unequivocal that it's time for the peaceful transition to a, a new president, as our Constitution and our democracy requires. Let me get to Ellison Barber. She's our correspondent. She's in Washington. I believe she's outside the Capitol. Yeah. Hi, Allison. Uh, Ellison, what have you been hearing? Hey, Savannah. Yeah, so we've been watching uh, just in the last little bit here as we've seen police uh, on this opposite side of the Capitol start to use more tear gas on the crowd that is gathered over there. Not tear gas, we believe it. It seems to be some sort of mace or pepper spray that they're using on the crowd there. We had been told that some of those protesters were possibly breaking windows, and that's what led to the use uh, of that pepper spray. You can see right over here, we're starting now to see Capitol Police gathering here. They seem to be huddling, discussing possibly getting ready uh, for something. But all evening, since we saw those barricades first come down as protesters rushed to the front of the Capitol, Capitol Police have largely uh, kind of stood back. They, they have, uh, we've seen them kind of waiting up on different parts of the steps there as the protesters uh, made their way up closer. You can see people standing on an armored vehicle here holding flags, the American flag upside down, a Trump 2020 flag just underneath it. About 10 minutes ago, we were up closer to those stairs and somebody came on a bullhorn, a protester, saying that President Trump 
says that we should go home. He wants you to go home. Other people in the crowd uh, pushed back on that person. And he said, I know, I know, I understand you want to be here. But he's saying that we should go home. Another person then got on top of that armored vehicle and started yelling at people through the bullhorn to come back. So for now, it seems like there is still a large group of people here uh, who do not have any plans to leave in the immediate uh, income, uh, upcoming future. I mean, this group, it is not as big as it was a couple of hours ago, but there are still people on these steps who seem to have no plans to leave anytime soon. People that we have seen come out uh, claiming to have been inside the U.S. Capitol. They are greeted kind of as heroes by the crowd here when they come out and they talk about their experience inside. And we saw some people actually following, kind of uh, uh, tracking closely behind a few police in riot gear, calling them traitors for whatever happened inside the U.S. Capitol and berating them as they made their way across the front here. Ellison Barbara, correspondent on the ground there outside the Capitol. I want to go to a news conference underway now. Muriel Bowser, the mayor of Washington, D.C., who's called the 6 o'clock curfew to the Capitol. So let's listen in. Uh, this afternoon, I announced a citywide curfew for the District of Columbia beginning at 6 p.m. this evening, going until 6 a.m. tomorrow morning. During the curfew, no one is allowed to be outside in public places other than essential workers, which includes credentialed media engaging in essential functions. As you can see from uh, video images, the unlawful behavior inside the United States Capitol building. I continue to urge all Washingtonians to stay home and stay calm. And if you see something, say something. But above all, stay home. The behavior that we are witnessing is shameful, unpatriotic, and above all, it is unlawful. Anyone who has engaged in these activities, continues to engage in these activities, will be held accountable. There will be law and order, and this behavior will not be tolerated. The Metropolitan Police Department has been deployed uh, to assist the United States Capitol Police in, in restoring order to the Capitol, and our Chief of Police will lead the command to clear the Capitol building and establish a perimeter around the Capitol. I have requested both the Virginia State Police and the Maryland State Police to deploy officers, and they they have engaged immediately to deploy officers to the Metropolitan Police Department to help regain control of the United States Capitol. I have also invoked several days ago uh, a standing mutual aid agreement with the, our surrounding jurisdictions, and I want to thank them for deploying. Um, those jurisdictions include Arlington County, Montgomery County, Prince George's County, uh, as well as Baltimore City. Uh, we want to uh, thank them for sending their officers in assisting us with public safety in the district as well as the response to United States Capitol building. Additionally, I want to acknowledge and thank uh, the New Jersey State Police uh, who will also be assisting the Metropolitan Police Department. Uh, so with that, I want to turn to Chief Conti for a situational update. Uh, Secretary of the Army uh, will make comments uh, and we will take brief questions. Thank you, Mayor. Good afternoon and thank you, Mayor Bowser. My name is Robert J. Conti III. I am the Chief of the Police of the Metropolitan Police Department here in Washington, D.C. As you are aware, 
demonstrators came to our city this morning to exercise their First Amendment rights and were largely concentrated in the area of the National Mall. Following the President's remarks, a large crowd began to march eastbound on Madison Avenue Northwest and Constitution Avenue Northwest. As the demonstrators approached the United States Capitol grounds, there was a noticeable change in their demeanor. They breached the fencing along the U.S. Capitol grounds and confronted police lines surrounding the building. MPD was requested by the, United States, by the United States Capitol Police to provide assistance with crowd management and due to the violent behavior towards the police officers there and their intent on gaining access to the, to the Capitol, a riot was declared. It was clear that the crowd was intent on causing harm to our officers by deploying chemical irritants on police to force entry into the United States Capitol building. As you are aware, they were able to gain access to the Capitol building, and I can confirm that one civilian was reported to have sustained a gunshot wound inside of the Capitol. Details of the shooting are not immediately available, and the situation remains under investigation. The Metropolitan Police Department will be taking the lead on that investigation. MPD continues to provide personnel resources and assistance on the grounds of the U.S. Capitol and has requested the assistance of law enforcement partners through a previously in place mutual aid agreement. As you heard from the mayor, a 6 p.m. curfew has been put in place tonight and will be in effect until 6 a.m. tomorrow, January 7th. We are advising everyone everyone that is not engaged in essential activity to get off the streets and adhere to the curfew. If you are found to be in violation of the curfew, police will be required to take action. Again, I want to reiterate and make it clear, please abide by the curfew that the mayor has set in place or people will be subject to arrest. Lastly, I know that many of you are familiar with the Metropolitan Police Department. Understand that there is no better agency in the country to handle First Amendment events. They happen on a regular basis here in our city. However, today's events were not representation of peaceful protests. Today, what we witnessed was unlawful, riotous behavior. And people that come to our city engaged in unlawful behavior will be held accountable. We can take any questions. After, that you may have after the secretary has a chance to speak. Thank you, Mayor Bowser, Chief Conti. Uh, at around 3 o'clock this afternoon, we mobilized the D.C. National Guard to 100% strength. We'll have 1,100 personnel that are convening to the armory as we speak to support Metro PD and reestablishing uh, the safety uh, and the confines of the U.S. Capitol. Uh, we'll also be working with other federal law enforcement entities that are going to be coming here to the Metropolitan Police Station to add additional support and capability as they uh, continue deliberate planning and look into how a clearing operation will be conducted. Thank you. And how does this work? This phone? Okay. Okay. Evan? Yeah, hi, Mayor and Chief Conti. Uh, could you please speak to the confusion surrounding the deployment of the National Guard? We understand that the council put out a statement saying that originally the Department of Defense 
We've been listening into a news conference from the mayor of Washington, D.C., and several officials, including the head of the Metropolitan Police Department, and and with their plans on how to get this under control. The National Guard uh, in D.C. has been activated, as we just learned. Um, the, The Metropolitan Police Chief was very clear that what had started as lawful demonstrations quickly escalated as a group of protesters came close to the Capitol. He said that violent behavior toward police unfolded, including the the firing of irritants, some kind of irritants toward police, which allowed them to breach the fence and the police line. And according to the chief of police, a riot was declared. He said this town is very used to people coming and protesting and exercising their First Amendment rights. This was not that. This was a riot, according to Metropolitan Police. And we're learning a bit more now about the plans to get this under control. It involves National Guard, involves FBI, involves the Metropolitan Police Department, involves the Capitol Police. We've heard word of the Virginia National Guard uh, being called in or at least requested. We'll see if we start to see some of that personnel. Let me turn to Janet Napolitano for uh, purposes of the discussion here, former Homeland Security Secretary in the Obama administration. And Secretary Napolitano, um, first of all, just your thoughts. I mean, you aren't near Washington, I don't think, but or not in the Capitol, but Uh, When you see these images and what has unfolded today, as a former Homeland Security official whose job was to protect the homeland, what do you think? Oh, it's a it's a it's a dark day for our country. And, you know, when I was secretary of Homeland Security, we did all kinds of scenario planning for attacks on the homeland. But uh, this is akin to an attack from inside the homeland on on the functions of our democracy, on our government. And like I said, it, it is a dark day. I mean, when you see that the Senate and the House have to be evacuated, that the session has to be stopped, uh, it, it is an extraordinary moment. And I, of course, I don't want to ask for any inside information, but if you could help us as the former Homeland Security understand, you know, what kind of planning is underway for this kind of situation. Perhaps this couldn't be imagined where American citizens, our own people, would storm the Capitol and put in danger members of the United States Congress and their staffs. But uh, certainly an attack on the Capitol is something you would have had to contemplate in your past job. Certainly, and, and there there are uh, procedures in place uh, for what's called continuity of government to uh, secure the members of the House and the Senate um, uh, should there be an attack. These were procedures developed in the wake of the attacks of 9-11, as a matter of fact. Um, you know, it's interesting to me, however, um, uh, it, and there'll be after-action reports on, on this uh, uh, up the wazoo, but it it was very foreseeable that there was going to be tremendous protest activity in Washington today, incited by the president himself. Um, And one has to question what kind of pre-event planning went on. Uh, Certainly the presence of law enforcement now is arriving. 
and um, they're absolutely essential and we absolutely need them. Uh, um, but, uh, you know, I'm just comparing it to uh, uh, the way uh, law enforcement handled the event at Lafayette Park uh, last spring when the president uh, dispersed peaceful protesters uh, to go do his photo op uh, at, at the church, uh, you know, hold, hold, holding the Bible. Um, uh, it, it's a pretty pretty stark contrast and and I think it illustrates uh, a lot about uh, the current administration. What did you think of the president's remarks? Was that sufficient in your mind to quell the violence, to calm it, to call it off and to try to get this under control? No, 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 no. Um, uh, you know, the, the president lost this election. Uh, that result has been confirmed uh, uh, by every court that has considered the dozens of challenges. The electors have been selected. The votes have been certified by the states. By the way, it's the states who run elections and it's the states who certify electors. Uh, the purpose of today's convening of the joint chambers is, is almost ceremonial in nature. It's to receive those certified votes, uh, to open the envelopes and to count them. That's it. Um, it's, it's, it's not a place of objection uh, or allegations of fraud. That, that's the courts of the United States and the courts have ruled. So uh, this, is a, this is over. And uh, what the president should should have done is to say that he respects the rule of law, he respects our processes, he respects that on January 20th, Joe Biden will take office as the president of the United States and these protesters, um, and I, I'm almost reluctant to call them protesters, it's really a, a mob. Uh, uh, but uh, they, they should disperse and, and go home. And by the way, uh, those who have committed acts of violence, broken windows, et cetera, um, they should be identified and prosecuted. Well, the, the head of the Metropolitan Police Department in D.C. called them rioters. Secretary Napolitano, thank you for being uh, with us. Yeah, it, it does seem in, in the case of those who breached the, the line and crossed, trespassed into the United States Congress where, uh, where the public is not allowed, yeah, that seems an apt description. Thank you, Secretary. I want to say that we've been watching this image uh, on, the, on the Capitol grounds, and it does look like some people are being escorted out now uh, by law enforcement. And I want to go to Ellison Barber, who's there. What are you seeing? What's your vantage point? Uh, time to try to clear the Capitol and get back to business. Pete uh, Williams, our justice correspondent, covers law enforcement. Pete, you have a more trained uh, eye for, for what we're seeing here, and, and you certainly have sources inside the, the, the law enforcement agencies. What do you see? Yeah, I can't really be sure where the, the flashbangs were being set off, whether it was there on the on the on the uh, portico, I guess you would call it, or not the portico, but the the balcony or whatever that is, outside the Capitol or inside. But there was certainly smoke that blew. It did appear to be a smoke grenade or a flashbang, and not the deployment of a chemical irritant like tear gas. Um, but you know, from from this low vantage point, it's hard to tell whose it was. I assume it's law enforcement's. 
the reason I'm somewhat unsure is that we've been told that several, possibly more than two, improvised explosive devices have been found on the Capitol grounds. Um, I, I would think if it was uh, if it was something like that, people would be scattering, and they're not. So it, that needs me to believe that it probably is law enforcement. And if it's if the if the uh, intent of it is to get people to move away, it's it's not having an immediate effect. But I I think the other thing that's interesting in this picture is the number of law enforcement people now. We're finally starting to see a uh, a definite show of force, a large deployment. All those yellow vests. Uh, are, uh, I assume, law enforcement or at least people, it, it, uh, official uh, people that are trying to get that crowd moved out of there. So we're, we're starting to see a much bigger deployment. We know that other law enforcement people are coming. They're coming from nearby states. We've just been told that the New Jersey State Police are now sending uh, about 50 people. The FBI's there, the Secret Service there, Homeland Security. Just about every three-letter law enforcement organization in the D.C. area is there. And, you know, I think one of the questions is going to be why why has it taken so long to get them there and to kind of coordinate how this is going to work. It does seem, Savannah, from all the pictures we've seen today, now, now people are, seems like they're definitely being pushed back. From all the pictures we've seen today, it does seem like the word had gone out early on to the people who were in the Capitol at the time, the law enforcement folks, the, the Capitol Police, Metro Police, to the extent that they were there, not to confront, mm -hmm. not to have any violent confrontations, but to uh, to avoid that as much as possible. That it sure seemed that way. I mean, Pete, when you saw people just streaming through Statuary Hall as though it were, you know, a high school tour, yeah. <laughs> and no one yeah. stopping them. It, it definitely seemed that that was a tactical decision. That's the picture earlier. Well, well and you see that yeah. the, the Capitol policeman just sort of standing uh, at the side, I guess, two of them waiting for instructions or something, but they may have well made the calculation that those two were not going to stop those people and that mm -hmm. there wasn't much they could do and that the... Uh, but by letting them go through and letting them get into the building, of course, we now know what happened. Yeah. Um, but, and so there are going to be lots of questions about this. Some law enforcement people are already pointing to a letter that the mayor sent yesterday to the acting attorney general, to the acting secretary of defense and the secretary of the army saying, we, we have all we need. Uh, for tomorrow, this was yesterday, uh, we have worked with the Park Police, with the Capitol Police, with the Secret Service, and don't send any other federal law enforcement personnel in without checking with us first, because mm. we don't want a situation where there are people deployed and we don't know who, who they are or who's in charge. So some of the federal officials are already saying, you know, they kept us at arm's length and it's, that's why it's taking so long to get these people out. Now, uh, you know, we're going to have to wait and see how this all comes together, well, what, well, how that actually played out. This being Washington, Pete, we will be sure there will be uh, investigations, commissions, and tons of finger pointing and blame shifting, so we can uh, look forward to that in the coming days. But at the moment, we're still in this crisis. Uh, these are live pictures from the United States Capitol. If you're just catching up, it has been truly an unprecedented afternoon in which protesters turned into rioters, crossed the barricades, went past police, reached the United States Congress in session, performing its duty of uh, certifying the electoral vote for the next president of the United States, were able to infiltrate the Capitol, the Senate floor, the House floor, 
ceremonial offices, sit in, in, in office chairs literally with their feet up. And now at this hour, about 10 minutes after 5 o'clock on the East Coast, uh, we are starting to see a little more of an aggressive move from law enforcement to push back these protesters. We saw the FBI SWAT team go in. A few moments ago, we saw smoke, some flashes of light. We have reporters on the ground. We don't want to surmise what those might have been and at whose hands, but perhaps uh, some tactics to try to get this crowd out. We heard from the president-elect Joe Biden in a live address to the nation calling for the restoration of peace, calling for President Trump to tell his supporters to leave the Capitol. And uh, President Trump issued a video on Twitter saying that it was time for them to go home. He also, though, said the vote, the election had been stolen from them and was fraudulent, but he said it was time to go home. And that is the state of things uh, as we speak. Let me go to Casey Hunt on Capitol Hill. Casey, there's still important matters for Congress to conduct. The last we checked in with you, these members of Congress were still being told to shelter in place. Vice President Pence, at our last knowledge, was still on the United States Capitol grounds because it wasn't safe for him to go back to the White House. That, that information's a couple hours old now. But is there a plan? And Pete Williams had reported from a source inside one of those Senate hold rooms, one of that Senate shelter-in-place rooms, that there were senators discussing whether they could just conduct their business from that Dis undisclosed location and just carry on the business of the country anyway uh, with a, a somewhat defiant attitude. What are you hearing now? Yeah, I've heard similar, uh, Savannah. I've talked to both House and Senate members, or texted with them, I should say, uh, as they've been trying to figure out what to do. And the first step was to wait for this law enforcement presence uh, to show up, which they clearly have, and, and the process of that uh, is underway. There is a long list of agencies. Pete walked through some of them that are here that we have seen in the hallways. I mean, it is extraordinarily surreal to see FBI uh, SWAT teams running through hallways that are supposed to be secured, that are supposed to be our corridors of power, literally, uh, where uh, they have been overrun uh, by these rioters uh, and are, are no longer able uh, to actually exercise that power the way our Constitution says that they should be able to. So you're, you're looking at some of it here. I mean, it's I never thought I would see anything like this um, coming from uh, what uh, your last guest was, was just talking about, a threat from the inside, uh, the former Homeland Security uh, Secretary. This wasn't an outside attack. So, yes, the, the, there are still questions. Um, we know that the, their members are still huddling in these undisclosed locations and trying to figure out how to proceed. Senators actually uh, have the Electoral College votes with them in this undisclo undisclosed location. I'm told that a, a Senate staffer actually was the one who thought to grab them. And remember, this is a pretty uh, old, arcane process, the counting of the Electoral College votes. And think back to when they would have put this law in place. I mean, Pete Williams called it the oldest, uh, one of the oldest functions of our government. They would have been bringing these certificates from across the country on horseback. They would have been concerned about whether the people charged with getting them to the right place uh, were able to survive their journeys. I, I know it may sound dramatic, but that was the circumstances that they were dealing with. And it's part of why the law is written to send several copies of these certificates out there. But what it means is that those physical items are imbued with very important um, characteristics, right? They come here, they open, this is what Congress 
Congress is supposed to do. They open the envelopes, they read the numbers, they figure out what they say, and they put down the official tally. And yes, we don't necessarily need to do it that way now in the age of the internet, but that's how we do it here uh, in, in the country. Yeah. So the, yeah. the physical manifestation of those is very important, and somebody just grabbed them on the way out and took them to this secure location, Savannah. Well, you know, that I think that's actually quite poignant, Casey. I mean, it's, it's not just a matter of ceremony, or in some ways it is, but at this really dark moment in our country, it calls into mind um, our history and that this, this democracy, this only, you know, few hundred years old is fragile, as we've heard many of our leaders say today. And that, that notion of somebody just grabbing those electoral votes, which of course represent the will of the people and, and the voters who, who came and, um, and, and exercised their precious right to vote, you know, it, it actually, it, I think it really puts things into sharp relief at this extraordinary moment in our country. And, and Casey, honestly, there are probably folks tuning in here who are, are just living their lives. We're in the midst of a pandemic. We have an actual crisis going on, a health crisis in our country. And now there's this crisis that did not have to happen. To catch people up who may have not been following this as closely as you do every day, this electoral college vote that was to take place today, there was no suspense about the outcome. The votes are in, they've been certified, the legal challenges have been mounted, they've been mounted, they've been rejected, recounts have been requested, the recounts have happened, the audits have happened. All of the legal remedies that could be exercised had been exercised, and this was supposed to be just the final moment where it's almost like a rubber stamp, uh, where where the electoral vo uh, votes are read and certified, and then in two weeks we have an inauguration. Bring us up to date on what a core of Republicans were trying to do today and what the ramifications of that are. Savannah, as the morning unfolded, you know, I came into the Capitol as as usual, and there were some protesters around, but frankly, protesting is a pretty common thing here in Washington. I've seen a lot of it. Uh, it's not usually an issue. It didn't seem abnormal or out of the ordinary, uh, but the process that was about to be undertaken here today uh, was, from the start of the day, historic. We were expecting to see and, and did see an objection to the counting of the Electoral College votes, and normally this only takes about a half an hour. This is, uh, I believe, the fourth one of these that I've been up here for. It's the first one I even really remember, although I see, I remember seeing the mahogany boxes go by uh, in past election cycles. Uh, but of course, President Trump had urged his supporters to question uh, the integrity of the election, to try and uh, fight back, stop the steal is the phrase that they have been using. And while everything got off to what seemed like a normal start here in the building, uh, the objection was made. Uh, the way the process works, all members of Congress were together in a joint session. Once the objection was made, they were to separate to their respective chambers. This is all laid out very carefully in the law. Each chamber was to debate for two hours this objection and then take a vote on whether or not these electoral college votes were properly cast and should be counted. And we know that there were Republicans, many of them, prepared to vote that no, those electoral votes should not be counted. However, Mitch McConnell actually opened the debate on the Senate floor by saying that it was time to put this all behind us that if, in fact, they continued with the objection to the counting of the votes to certifying President-elect Joe Biden as the president, uh, that our country would end up in a death spiral. That was the phrase that he used. Our democracy would end up in a death spiral. And just moments later, 
we saw protesters, rioters rushing the Capitol, eventually breaching both the House and Senate floors, now leaving us with lawmakers in hiding, unable to conduct the business of the country, and an uncertain outcome in terms of how law enforcement is going to finally put an end to all of this. Savannah. All right, Casey, thank you. Let's take a pause right here. I'm going to turn coverage over to Chuck Todd, our political director, host of Meet the Press, uh, to carry it on. We'll check back in with you, Chuck, in just a couple of moments. I'll send it to you. Well, folks, this is as far as I'm going to I'm gonna go here in this uh, uh, really, really uh, breaking news special here on Random Stuff. I'm going to have to leave it all on my regular episodes on mostly Sunday. And not Saturday, because Sunday is a very different topic. But on Sunday, I'm going to talk about what happened after the Georgia runoffs. And some more about this uh, protest that happened here January 6, 2021. Here in the Sunday night's season finale of Random Stuff. And you probably going to be angry about this, obviously. If you don't support the show. But what the hell? I mean, it's already chaos. And you thought 2020 was bad. Wait until the start of 2021. Wait until the rest of 2021 goes. And we'll see what happens from that on out. Because we're still in the pandemic. And we're still in chaos. So that's it for this special breaking news episode. We'll see you Saturday and Sunday for the season finale of Random Stuff. With that, have a nice night and hopefully have a nice day and see you Saturday and Sunday. So long.